0: Football, it's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1 Red Friday
1: Good evening and welcome to Red Friday on North Zone 1. It's a trip to Rugby Park for the Dons on Sunday. Noon kickoff against Kilmarnock. Aberdeen boss Derek McInnes knows that history means very little despite the team's good record at the ground. It is unusual
2: to be so strong like that because let's face it over, the, you know, face various different Kilmarnock teams, various different managers and have always came out with the desired result really normally and um, well, Sunday hopefully we can do that again. Uh, what I have to say is in all of that we've never had it easy at on and we don't expect it to be, it's, a, it's always competitive they've got a lot of know-how, a lot of experience, a lot of battle-hardened players and, and an obvious goal threat so we understand Sunday's going to be difficult but like I say it is important to see my team be difficult for them and hopefully that can be the case
0: North Sound 1 Red Friday
1: Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. It's our final Red Friday of 2020. Not that we'll be sorry to see this particular year leaving us, but still... Uh, so much work for the Dons before the new year uh, we have another four games to go not least Sunday against Kilmarnock last week a big win beating Ross County 2-0 at home but equally as important Andrew Curtis maine getting a couple of goals and that will please Derek McInnes absolutely
3: uh, two good goals I mean the first one it, it looks a bit scrappy but he's in the right place at the right time they've scored from a set piece which will have pleased the backroom staff no end the second one I thought was a, a, a very very good finish indeed I uh, less said about the assist from Ryan Hedge is the better because it was a scuffed shot but um all credit to, um, Curtis Main. One touch, swiveled and absolutely
1: rifled the ball past Ross Lee. And it was that turn as well, wasn't it? Yeah. The fitness in that turn, you know, to that, do that. That's it.
3: That's it. It's, it was the finish of a confident striker, not of a striker who's only scored one goal all season. So that was good. And, uh, you know, it will boost Curtis for the games to come. And it's so important that your number nine is scoring goals. And really, it doesn't matter what his form's like. If he's scoring goals, he's worth his place in the team. But if you can ally that to to the hard work that Curtis put in last weekend and uh, Sam Cosgrove coming back in... uh, just a little cameo appearance towards the end of the game. But he looked hungry, Dave. I, I thought it was it was much more like the old Sam Cosgrove.
4: Yeah, well, and of course, with Curtis scoring two goals, uh, it gives Sam the incentive as well because he wants that first-choice, up-top uh, up position yeah, back. it's, it's and all about competition, isn't it? It's all about competition, and you hope that Curtis will go on. Um, he was in great form just before lockdown, and, uh, you know... Sam, we know what he can do, so it gives competition for places and healthy competition, and hopefully that'll be a sign of things to come.
1: Yeah, three points off Celtic here in second. Celtic, of course, having played a game less. Hibs having played a game more a point ahead of the Dons, and ten points now between Aberdeen and Motherwell in fifth with a game in hand for the Dons as well. It is amazing how one game can make everything just feel slightly better.
4: Yeah, I mean, getting the early goal last week was pivotal, you know, because it, it meant that, not at that point, but sure, Kettlewell would have to change things at some point, which he did. Uh, he was actually quite brave bringing on Billy Mackay when he did. You know, it was a very forward-thinking. They had problems as well with uh, two players going off uh, yeah. uh, injured, but uh, yeah, it was It is amazing how What a difference a a win makes and we were saying this time last week that it's absolutely vital that Aberdeen get the win and thankfully we did.
5: Yeah
1: absolutely and of course now we're looking Andrew towards uh, December which just seems action packed, the weird situation we're in where this is our our last Red Friday of the year because of the way the Fridays fall of course uh, on uh, Christmas Day and then of course New Year's Day so we will have two more Red Fridays but the Dons have four games before the end of the year to contend with starting with Kilmarnock but then you've got Motherwell away you've got St. Johnson at home next Saturday and then Livingston on the 30th and it's a 4 o'clock kickoff on a Wednesday but away from home again so four tough ties but four games where you look at it and you've got to say they're four very winnable games you look at Celtic look at the form they're in you, you almost Hibs to one side for a second for me you you look at Celtic they've got the cup final we don't really care what Hibs are doing but just the incentive to be able to catch ground on Celtic regardless of games what a huge incentive going into these next couple of games
3: yeah um, I put that to the manager post-match last Saturday and, and his response was look our fight is with ourselves and it's to get consistency into our performance. And I can see exactly where he's coming from. Yes, they're winnable games, but if you're not playing consistently well, they're losable games just the same. And if you but if you can get that consistency of selection, consistency of consistency of performance, that squad at Pitordi is certainly good enough to win these games. And if you can string together twelve points in the next four games, it gives you a great platform to kick on into the new year from. And starting tomorrow at Rugby Park Mark, he mentioned in, in the clip that you played from him. You know, it's unusual to have such a successful run at a particular place, but I mean, this is it's 15 league games that Aberdeen have gone without tasting defeat at Kilmarnock 11 wins, 4 draws you've got to go way back to the 3rd of December 2011 to find the last time Killy beat Aberdeen on their home patch add in two Scottish Cup uh, replays that we've won down there one in penalties, one in extra time it's an awful lot of games and it does mean that you've got players going there that just think, oh it's Rugby Park that's a win Yeah, I mean, Ash Taylor has played 10 games for Aberdeen against Kilmarnock. He's never tasted
1: defeat yet. And of course, that's going to be the Kilmarnock argument, isn't it, Dave? That records are there to be broken, runs are there to be broken. Look at Rangers the other night, and as far as Kilmarnock are concerned, they'll be going into this saying, this is the game.
4: Absolutely, as they will have done the last 15 games as well, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but, uh, you know, talking of Rangers, they've lost that invincibility tag that I think has given the whole of Scottish football a bit of hope that they're not infallible. Okay, mm-hmm. there was team selection that were different, but it didn't seem to matter who Rangers had as personnel. They were going and they were getting victories one way or the other. And uh, so I think St. Myrna have done. Us all a wee favour with that uh, great result in in
1: midweek. And Sinmarin, of course, we saw the games against the Dons, Andrew. They're a team that are very solid. They're difficult to beat. They're very fit. They never give up. They proved that right into the last minute of the other night, getting the goal, despite having lost the goal, many teams would have crumbled at that point, straight up the other end of the pitch, a couple of corners, goal. And it just shows you that you cannot take any team for granted. Absolutely not. I mean, we said
3: after the two St Mirren games, actually after all three St Mirren games, because bear in mind we had to go to, into stoppage time to beat them in the league game at Batordi. that was the last time St Mirren tasted defeat. Mm. And ignore what the league table says. St Mirren are a far, far better side than than their position in the table suggests at the moment we, we picked out a couple of players last week, Jamie McGrath who continues to score goals uh, and Cammy McPherson who, who wasn't involved um, from the start I don't think on Wednesday night but I think Jim Goodwin has shown in the two games against Aberdeen and in the game against Rangers his astuteness as a tactician because you saw the two games against the Dons. He identified Ryan Hedges as being the main danger man. Snuffed mm-hmm. him out virtually completely from both games. Wednesday night, he realises that Tavernier on the right side of the Rangers' attack is the dangerous side. No Bar- Barisic on the other side. Bassey is not another Barisic. He was quite happy to let, you know, uh, Bassey get onto the ball uh, because he, he and Balogun, the, the left sided centre back, because he doesn't play the ball nearly as accurately forward as Conor uh, Connor Goldson does from the other side. So he he shut off the danger areas. But it's not just a case of stopping the opposition playing. He's got his side playing a, a bit of football as well. Yes, they still struggle in terms of having a striker to score goals, but hey, they scored three goals against Rangers, um two from a midfielder, one from a defender. Nobody's done that in Scotland in domestic football so far this season. I think they'd only conceded four goals prior to that game on Wednesday night. But as Dave said, it was, it was so refreshing to, to see the League Cup semi-finals being four sides who you would never have thought would get there uh, in a seeded competition. You didn't expect Celtic to go out. You didn't probably expect Aberdeen to go out. You certainly didn't expect Rangers to go out. They're all on the scrap heap and now you've got games that the neutrals can get themselves involved in I think which is good for the Scottish game as a whole You have blown out the water talk about a treble because with the best will in the world Hibs fans may disagree <laughs> but I, I don't think Hibs, St Merton, St Johnson and Livingston have designs on, on winning trebles this year but they've got the chance of winning the first trophy of the season yeah. and and that's I I take my hat off to Jim Goodwin in St Mirren because you're right... I wasn't watching the game, but Dave, you were, we were texting back and forth yeah. and saying, you know, St Merton, they're, they're hanging in there well, they're, they're not putting uh, Jack Anik's not having any pressure put on him, five minutes to go and I was just away to text, yeah, five minutes and how long in stoppage time, there'll be about four hours of stoppage time, just as Rangers scored, and I thought, ah, oh, well, that's it, they've scored, they'll go in if it goes to extra time, Rangers will win it, and then, lo and behold, Conor McCarthy comes up with another goal, and that says uh, an awful lot about the character of that St Mirren side. And as I say, can only take my hat off to them.
5: Yeah,
1: you look at those semi-final, I mean, just briefly on the semi-final, Dave, it is it's such, it's so refreshing from the perspective as well, is that we've we're so used to Celtic winning everything. And I think most people expected Rangers realistically to be the team that would go on and win it. I think... Stephen Gerrard went for a team that perhaps wasn't the strongest 11, which in hindsight he'll probably look at and go, maybe we shouldn't have approached it like that. But regardless, it doesn't matter what team it is, they're, you're talking about two teams there Celtic and Rangers who are streets ahead in terms of money, in terms of the players on the pitch. So, you know, well done to St. Mirren, but also what an exciting semi final and a little t- 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 slight bit of jealousy <laughs> looking at it from a Don's perspective.
4: Absolutely, but it's there for the taking, you know. Yeah. You you wouldn't be surprised for any one of the four now to go on because you've got Livingston who are are playing really well at the moment. St Mirren we know all about. St Johnson are very capable. Yeah. Um, you know last week's result aside, and uh, Hibbs, of course will probably now well they will be now the favourites. But uh, mm. that's no by no means a certainty. Yeah, and I
3: think they were quoting St Mirren as being ten to one outsiders for the cup. Yeah, I find I mean, that's, that's bizarre. Yeah, so worth getting a, a bunt on.
1: I mean, it's particularly when you look at the teams, you know, they're beating along the way. The Dons, Rangers. It's that's once you get past those teams, and I think uh, they were talking about this on Friday. You, you do look at that and you go you really want to go on and win then because it feels like it's not been for as much if you don't totally
3: I mean (laughs) they they would be absolutely gutted if they were to beat Aberdeen and Rangers and then go out to to Livingston
1: devil's advocate does Derek McInnes look at the kind of players there that are scoring those kind of goals in big matches for the teams like St Mirren one eye on their future looking at development the the, the squad from a Don's perspective in future seasons does he have an eye on those kind of players are they the kind of players that he's looking at
3: you can bet your bottom dollar he is because um you know, Derek always talks about operating two, three transfer windows in advance, and you can rest assured that the football department of Pottori will know all about the Jamie McGraths of this world, the, the uh, Connolly, the, the winger, um, anybody that he fancies. He will, he will know exactly what his contract position is, uh, and. That's going to be a, a wee bit of a struggle for St Myrden, I think, is trying to hold on to these players. You've got a January window and a semi-final at the end of January uh, with a final beyond the January window. Do they manage to hold on to these players? Because obviously they want to keep that squad together. Yeah. It's done so well to, to go to the cup final if they can get there. Yeah. Um But with the financial climate being as it is, if somebody comes in with a bid... Can you afford to turn it down? It's a, it's a, a cast-22 situation, really, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, it's certainly one that will be a, an interesting development. And as you say, timing is everything when it comes to these semi-finals. And, of course, timing is everything for the Dons because coming up we've got four huge games for Aberdeen over the next, uh, well, tw- what 12 days or 13 days or so. So not long uh, to, to fit in all four games, but that's December. That's what it's all about. Let's get the thoughts now of the fans ahead of Sunday's game away to Kilmarnock and then, of course, Wednesday away to Motherwell uh, let's chat to our fan reporter Graham Watt and get his thoughts on the games coming up
2: yeah Mike looking forward to Sunday obviously we've got two games in the space of a few days Kilmarnock and Motherwell both away so it won't be easy for Aberdeen but um, they will feel confident they can get six points I'm sure Derek will have them ready and I think you know yourself Mike. you'd rather be playing games than training so Aberdeen won't mind the, the quick turnaround Um I think Aberdeen will look to build on last week, which I thought was very professional from Aberdeen. Curtis Mayne leading the line, gets the double. You know yourself, Mike, you're a striker. Goals breed confidence, so he'll be looking to add more goals to his his tally for Aberdeen. Um, I was impressed with Dean Campbell as well at the weekend coming in, so who knows um, what Derek will decide to go with. Will he change it? Will he stick with that side? But whatever side he does play, I'm sure Aberdeen will go there and, and get the win on Sunday and then hopefully get the win again on Wednesday night. I'm going to say 2-1 Aberdeen on Sunday, Mike, and I'm going to say 3-1 Aberdeen for Wednesday night. Hopefully, they get the six points as I say. Build on that. Move ahead of Celtic. Keep in touch with Hibbs, and it'll be a bit more positive all
1: around the club. That's my favourite fan reporter, Graham Watt there, <laughs> who's got an eye for a striker as well. Uh, yeah, uh, Graham's right. I mean, getting six points, Dave, I think that is really the key, but it is, it's one game at a time and Derek McInnes, says it all the time, one game at a time. Of
4: course it does and it'll be exactly the same and I was also impressed with Dean... Um, last week, but I do think Lewis Ferguson will will start, and s- Sunday's such an important player for for Aberdeen. But uh, yeah, all all he'll be concentrating now, uh, right now, Derek, is on Sunday's game with Kilmarnock Then he'll start looking at Motherwell
1: after that. Yeah, and uh, Lewis Ferguson as well, Andrew. It's uh, it'll be a big moment for him if he does play as well.
3: It will be because it'll be his hundredth appearance. Um, it was, he obviously hoped to make it at Petordi last week, instead of which he had to sit up the back of the South Stand with you Dave doing Red TV and he
4: was very good we yeah were.
3: indeed he was uh, but yeah um, an opportunity for Fergie to celebrate his, his 100th appearance hopefully by going into double figures
1: by notching his 10th goal of the season yeah yeah absolutely more build up to the game on Sunday and much more as well we'll also hear it from former Don Lee Mayer and uh, we'll find out what else is happening with the teams in the northeast on Red Friday back in just a minute
0: Talk football, it's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday.
1: Aberdeen visit Rugby Park on Sunday's It's Kilmanic against the Dons, a 12 o'clock kickoff. off stadium that the Dons generally do very, very well at. Let's get the thoughts now of former Don Lee Mayer, who spoke to our fan reporter, Graham Watt. Lee, Aberdeen bounced
2: back last weekend after the disappointing spell. Can they continue the run this week against Kilmarnock and against Motherwell midweek? Yes, I think they can. Um, it's great to see them obviously come back after a, a difficult couple of weeks with a, a good convincing 2-0 victory. There's positive signs there. You've got a striker scoring goals, which is good, and you've got a defence that are keeping clean sheets again. So, yeah, positive signs there going forward. And I don't see why not. Kilmarnock and Motherwell both not on good runs just now. So hopefully Aberdeen can pick up a bit of momentum with a couple of victories Uh, in the next two games leading into this Christmas period which is always, always uh, for me, a big, big part of the season.
1: Graham also spoke to Don's fan Ryan to get his thoughts.
4: I'm feeling pretty confident about both these games. Um, Both teams are really struggling at the moment and looking for results. Um,
6: I feel Aberdeen with a little bit more of a consistent lineup now with the two boys back in the middle
4: of the park. Johnny Hayes coming back into the squad again. Um, I reckon we can we can do some damage and get back to the, the dawns we were seeing at the beginning of the season. So I'm going for six points out of six and hopefully a nice early Christmas present for all of us because
6: we desperately need a bit of cheer in our lives at the moment.
0: North Sound 1, Red Friday.
1: Six points from six, Dave. That would be ideal. And you're looking at the form of both the teams that the Dons are facing over the next few days. Come on, come Both kind of similar in terms of their form at the moment. And it's been very stop-start for both of them.
4: It certainly has. Um, and, yeah, I think most Aberdeen fans will be, you know, anything less than six out of six will be a bit disappointing. And uh, Derek will be looking for exactly the same... As Ryan said, they're both both Kilmarnock and Motherwell are not playing great football just now. But we know that can change uh, very quickly. Only needs one one game. It's just up to
1: us to make sure that that one game isn't against Aberdeen. Yeah, and from a Derek McInnes' point of view, Andrew, how does he? What does he say to the players? Obviously, coming off the back of a win it's maybe a slightly different approach that you take. It's more of the same. It's it's that you get the goal early. All those things, I guess, are very, very important. Uh, but away from home against Colmarnock, does he look at things differently? I guess still an early goal is very much up there. He's still going to attack, I'd imagine, but maybe slightly more cautiously. Um, it's an interesting one because, say uh, you know, having such a good record at Rugby Park... Uh,
3: As I mentioned earlier, there's there's players that have played against Kelly and have never tasted defeat. Um, So you can be confident and you can go and have a go at Kilmarnock and you look at their home form, uh, they've lost half their games. They've played eight eight home games and they've lost four of them. So put them in the back foot as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, There's pace in the team. As you mentioned last week, we effectively played with four wingers. And, uh, you know... You've got to be wary of uh, Kilmarnock as an attacking force. Uh, although Eamon Brophy seems to be out of the, the picture at the moment, Alex Dyer doesn't uh, start with him very often. They find um, that bizarre. Which to is be strange honest. because he's, he's got an excellent goal scoring record against Aberdeen. He pre- prefers Kabamba up front. Um, who's a, a very different type of player to uh, Eamon Brophy. Brophy will have it, take a shot on from anywhere, virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, he does play in the, the shoulder of, of defenders. He gets caught offside a lot. Uh, but, as I said, taking shots from anywhere, and he generally hits the ball very early, doesn't give keepers a chance to get set. Um I think Derek will want Aberdeen to be in the front foot as quickly as possible. I don't think you're going to sit back and try and soak up Kilmarnock pressure. um well, It's th- not the way they play generally. A, It's not no, Um, so I I think he'll he'll want a good fast start, and you know, uh, as we said, you know, early games always, early goals always change games, uh, because you lose a goal early doors, and that's the game plan out the window more often than not. Uh, So I think.
1: You know, I think we'll expect to see Aberdeen approach this game in a very positive manner. And we've spoken a lot, Dave, about Sam Cosgrove and that he has perhaps not been in the form that we have seen him. However, Curtis Main coming in for the first time in a while. Brilliant couple of goals, as we talked about right at the start of the show. And that can only be a good thing, surely, for Sam Cosgrove as a player. Because when you've got competition, when you've got someone else scoring... It, it improves everything you do because you're seeing that and you're thinking, right? I want to be the person that's getting those two goals the next time, and it's great for the Dons. Yeah, and as Andrew
4: mentioned, when he came on last week, uh, late on in the second half, he did look a bit more hungry, and I'm sure that was by you know no small part down to the fact that Curtis was on a hat trick at that at that mm. point and looking good. So I do think Curtis will obviously be the the man to replace right now. So he he'll start. Sam's obviously involved. But he's, you know, he's a great asset to have yeah. on the bench to to bring on. Yeah,
3: Yeah, uh, yeah I would <laughs> totally agree with that. I mean, the, because having Sam in the wings keeps the pressure on Curtis. Yeah, Curtis absolutely. can't afford to go. Well, I scored two last week. I've done my job for the month of December no um, you've only just started doing the job that is required for for, that
1: that busy period of games exactly and that's it from Curtis Main's perspective and from Derek McInnes looking at Curtis Main as a striker it's great getting those two goals but it's almost irrelevant if you don't go on and continue that form. absolutely
3: and that's where Sam has done so well because you know we waited a long time for him to get his first goal and then he went in a streak of scoring goals and that's what I mean by your number nine doesn't have to be playing absolutely at the top of his form every week if he's contributing with goals you can get away with other
1: parts of your game not being quite right yeah absolutely All right, let's turn our attention then to the Aberdeen women's team they head into the winter break on a high with 9 wins out of 10 so far and Lewis Mickey spoke to co-managers Emma Hunter and Stuart Bathgate about the progress the team has made just as we
4: into the break and you've you played every team plus uh, Kilmarnock twice how have you felt so far in terms of the start of the season obviously after promotion it's probably been a pretty good set of results for, for a season back in the league
6: um, yeah you know I think we, we, if, you'd, uh, if you'd told us back in October that this was the start we would, uh, we were going to have I think we'd, uh, we'd have snapped your hand off to be perfectly honest with you um, the way the girls have kind of responded to everything that's been going on through that everyone's been facing, obviously, with, with COVID situation, things like that. It's been fantastic the way they've applied themselves, and to get to get the start, we've had like say, um, nine wins out of, out of ten, and just that one defeat. It's uh, yeah, it's been it's been a really good start. Really pleased with it, and really proud of how they've responded to everything.
5: I guess it's probably more so about um, the way we're winning games as well, not necessarily just about the results. I think like we've shown a lot of different characteristics that. Um, it's great to see in a team over this first uh, start to the season and in terms of like the comeback, at the very first game of the season um, when things were going against us and we managed to come back. It was great. Um, we've managed to grind out a couple of tough victories away from home and we played Glasgow Women and then Hamilton Arkes just by the goal and again that just shows great character to, to actually just stick in and, and, and keep going and, and just grinding out a win which which is something that we talked about
4: and it'll be hard to choose because there's been a lot of them but if you were to pick one of the goals that have been scored so far this season as a particular highlight not necessarily maybe the goal itself it might be the, the situation of the goal or just the goal in terms of the, the technical aspects of it what would you, you pick if you could pick one
5: I um, there's a couple in my head so just the weekend past I probably didn't um, realise how good a goal it was until I seen it back again I did realise it was a good goal but Jess Broderick's strike I think it just... Uh, Typified a really good performance from Jess as well in her first goal um, of the season, which is always like a, a great thing to happen from the from a young player. She's 16 years old, so for me, the Eva Thompson goal against um, Dundee United, I think you can't top that. Again, another young player, 16 years old, and um, a great technique and what a way to finish a game to to win that game 4-3. I think that was probably. A, one of the most important goals of the season so far,
4: and Stuart, I don't know if you've been left with one there to go for, but so it's
6: still it's still in my thunder about that. Yeah, you've got you've got to have Eva's one at the start of the season for all the reasons Emma said, and you know, I mean the finish itself um was was great. But just what it, what it meant, the time the time in the game, the comeback that we'd made in that that game as well. I think everything around it, yeah, it's got it's got to be up there. I think another one for me would be actually another one from Sunday. Um, Ailey's goal, first goal against Kelly on Sunday. Um, great corner and the the run that Ailey's made to to get herself free from the the, the killer defence and the the power behind the header as well was fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's um, been a sensational start for the Aberdeen women's team. Uh, We're at the winter break stage now Dave and uh, no surprise they went for uh, Eva's goal in the last minute uh, against Dundee United. That was some strike. That was
4: some strike uh, in any Game it was a wonderful strike and delighted for them and uh, the Eva's goal of course they'd come from way behind against United and uh, it got the three points that's kept them where they are on the table and uh, nope they'll enjoy their winter break but you can bet they'll be itching to get back going for the second half of the season
1: as well. Yeah, momentum is a big thing, isn't it, Andrew? And I guess that uh, both Emma Hunter and Stuart Bathgate they won't want to rest for too long no
3: absolutely not they, they probably wish that they could be playing games every week and not have to have a an enforced break but um but no they, they've done exceptionally well and uh, as you mentioned that, that goal against Dundee United so important not just the the quality of the goal but what it what it gave the team it gave the them that
1: point as well in a yeah, lot ways
3: gave them that impetus to really drive forwards. and Hazelhead you know Hazelhead Academy's done pretty well um uh, because Emma went to school at the same time as Lee May are there. ah. so um, there's there's that connection so uh, and of course you know the, the SFA performance school there as as well so uh, it's it's nice to see um, Hazelhead doing and doing so well and contributing its
1: bit to Scottish football I bet they never thought they'd be on the same Red Friday show on the 18th of December 2020 you know, probably not probably <laughs> probably not one of the it's a um, safe bet yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, right let's uh, let's move on to Beat the Pundit then because M- last mostly? week yeah because <laughs> <laughs> oh you, you drew that's true you drew you didn't lose <laughs> last week it was Cheryl from Red Saturday uh, Andrew how did uh, Cheryl get on against Dave McDermott uh, uh, Cheryl scored three and Dave scored three. Ah, did anyone score more than three? Uh, yes, I did. I got seven. Oh, really? And anyone else get any more than seven? Yes, you got eight. <laughs> Was that the second week running? I've got the most points.
3: Yes, it is. Okay, so well, we're going to have to put you up against Dave just shortly.
1: Well, if you want to guarantee a win for, for Dave, then that's the way to do it, because that's exactly how it'll crumble. Uh, this week, Graeme Watt, our fan reporter spoke to. Well, let's find out who Graham spoke to this week.
2: Yes, Mike, taking on Dave tonight is our very own Lauren from Jeff and Lauren in the Morning. Lauren, first up, Saturday's games, your score predictions for Hibs against Dundee United.
0: Hi, Graham, I'm going to go for uh Hibs 2, Dundee United 1.
2: Rangers against Motherwell.
0: Ooh, uh, Rangers and Motherwell, I think uh, it's not too... It's hard not to think that Rangers are going to win this one, so I'm going to go Rangers 2, Motherwell 0.
2: Ross County against Hamilton Akees.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's a tough one, actually. Um Ross County at the bottom of the table so they really need to get a win against Hamilton so I'm going to go with Law of Attraction it's going to be Ross County 1 Hamilton 0
2: and St Mirren versus St Johnston
0: oh yeah St Mirren against St Johnston so I think St Mirren are still going to be on a high after beating Rangers on Wednesday so I'm going to go a win for St Mirren I'm going to say St Mirren 2 St Johnston 0
2: And moving on to Sunday's game, the big one, Lauren, Kilmarnock versus Aberdeen. Your score predictions for this one?
0: Yeah, Graham, uh, it's going to have to be a win for the Dons, always back in the Dons. I'm going to go with... I hope it's an interesting game, actually. It's just about the goals, isn't it? I'm going to go an easy 2-0 for the Dons. Come on, you Reds.
2: Also on Sunday, we have the Scottish Cup final, Celtic versus Hearts. Lauren, your score predictions for this one?
0: Ooh! Oh, yeah, Hearts taking on Celtic I uh, I hope it's going to be a good game this weekend, it's going to be interesting um, it could be a really tight game could be in the 90th minute who knows, but I'm going to say that Hearts is going to do it this time, I'm going to go Hearts 2, Celtic 1
1: Brave one at the end from Lauren uh, Dave, let's get your scores, Hibs, Dundee United uh, 2-0 Hibs Rangers at home to Motherwell, 3-0 to the home side, uh, Hamilton they visit Ross County 2-1 Ross County St Mirren at home to St Johnstone, uh, 1-1 yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big one 12 o'clock kick off on Sunday the Dons down to Rugby Park is Kilmarnock against Aberdeen as same as Lauren zero two. 2 ok and then the cup final Scottish cup final from last season Celtic against Championship Hearts
4: I think it'll be 2-1 as well but I think Celtic will have too much for Hearts 2-1 Celtic
1: ok uh, looking at the Saturday games Andrew there are a few interesting ones there will Rangers bounce back from their defeat in midweek will Hibs maintain the pressure on Celtic and of course Aberdeen uh Hamilton away there St Mirren will they keep their form up what's your kind of take on the games Uh,
3: I was impressed by Dundee United playing against Rangers last week Rangers scored two excellent goals that ultimately won them the points Um, but uh, Hibs at home uh, always you know a good bet for for the three points I think it will be quite tight it could be a single goal that wins it but I think Hibs will win Rangers I'm sure will bounce back against Motherwell uh, because Motherwell you know, they're not having a good season. There's no getting away from it. But they've got a better record away from home than they do at Fir Park. They've Mm. lost six out of nine at home, but they've won four out of eight away from home. Having said that, I still fancy Rangers. Uh, Ross County, Hamilton, uh, dog-eat-dog down there. Home advantage for me, just to shade it for Ross County. And then game of the day on Saturday, I I think, is St Mirren-St Johnston. The 2 informed sides, both into the semi-finals of the League Cup, as we've already mentioned. I fancy St Mirren to to keep uh, their good run going and win that one. And then when it comes to the Cup final... I really can't see past Celtic because Hearts haven't been playing at the same level, the same level of intensity, uh, the same performance level required for nine months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we saw what they were like last time they played in in the top flight. They were poor. Will they be able to raise their game? One man certainly will, and that's Craig Gordon you can bet your bottom dollar he'll be named man of the match he'll put, uh, he'll produce save after save when it's called upon but I just can't see Celtic missing out on the opportunity to complete this quadruple treble and the fact that this will be the last treble uh, for at least the next year and a bit maybe takes a wee bit of the pressure slightly off Celtic I don't mm. know um, it's going to be an interesting one to see if um, you know any sentimentality comes into Neil Lennon's thoughts when he picks his side well, he's hinted, Another at, one, he's hinted slightly Scott that way will Scott Brown
1: play? Exactly. and he has yeah. kind of hinted that he's he's certainly not ruling that out of course he's not going to give away I, much I, I can see him
3: starting off with Sorrow and Turnbull in midfield with Scott Brown in reserve to come on ideally probably from Neil Lennon's point of view to come on with 10 minutes to go when they're 3-0 up and cruising and you know if Celtic do win the cup it doesn't matter whether Scott Brown has started the game or has played any part in the game he will be the man that's sent forward to pick up the Scottish Cup if mm. Celtic win it Um you'd like to think Hearts might just upset the Apple Cup but as I say I, I just don't think that they've been playing at the level that is going to Give them the opportunity to to beat Celtic this time. I
1: mean, the pressure has slightly dipped in terms of Neil Lennon and the intensity he was under, intense pressure he was under, especially with the fans' demonstrations. We've still, they're obviously still ongoing, and not so much even directed at him or the players, more the the whole way that uh, the regime is at Celtic. It seems to be, but you do think if he was to fail. Anything other than a, win, you know, obviously it's only going to be a defeat because it's a cup final. But if he's not going to win this on Sunday, you do feel that the, the fan pressure would be something we hadn't we haven't I, seen yet. I
4: think that would be the final straw if uh, Celtic don't uh, complete the, the final with a with a win. Um, uh, you know, the pressure has gone off slightly, but only slightly, to be honest. Mm. And you can be sure losing to a championship side in the cup final will bring it right back on and renewed ten times over. Mm. again so uh, but as
1: I'm I'm with Andrew I do think Celtic will win Yeah uh, I've got to say I, I tend to agree We're going to talk more about the Dons of course four big games coming up in December for the rest of December and as well as that Cove Rangers and Peterhead they've got big games tomorrow we'll take a look at those plus Highlands and Juniors and everything else you need to know next on Red Friday
0: To talk Dons, North Zone 1, Red Friday.
1: Aberdeen, they head to Rugby Park on Sunday. It's Kilmarnock against the Dons and four games between now and the end of the year. This is our final Red Friday of the year just because of the way the Fridays land more than anything because, well, it'll be Christmas next week and I don't suppose uh, we'll uh, be talking particularly about the Dons on, on, on Christmas. Well, I don't think anybody will be listening, will they? <laughs> well, there is that as well. <laughs> uh, all right then, so uh, the Dons, we're going to come back to that in a second, but a couple of other uh, particularly important ties involving Northeast teams, Cove Ranger they host Clyde and of course Cove at the moment Andrew, uh, a rare situation where they're sort of fighting against bad form which is not something we've ever really spoken about
3: No, not at all, I mean it's the first time really in their, their senior history that um, you know they've gone four games without a victory and they, they're, they've moved down to the third place in the table behind Partick Thistle and seven points off the top spot that is held by Falkirk at the moment but uh, they'll be keen to, to bounce back to winning ways against Clyde tomorrow and with Patrick Thistle playing Peter Head down at Firhill, Hill, they'll be hoping that it's a, a northeast double and that will see them leapfrog the the Maryhill Magyars into second place in the table but uh, they're they're too good a squad um, not to bounce back but uh, the longer it takes them to to get back up there uh, you look at the league table uh, with Airdrie who we said were fancying their chances uh, there on 10 points Dunbarton who beat Cove last week on 11 points Montrose who beat Cove the week before there on 13 the same as Cove it's all very congested in that area behind Falkirk I think Falkirk Will feel that they should win that league Because they've got the most experienced squad They are full-time And they it will be no disgrace to Cove if they, they don't get ahead of Falkirk on the table but if, as long as they can keep themselves in the, the top four and keep them competitive that's as much as they can hope for I
1: think Yeah well there's certainly not been uh, it's not been a bad start it's just that they have hit this dip in form Dave and from a Peter Head point of view they are on a bit of you know they seem to be playing quite well at the moment they got the win last week uh, against East Fife at home which was great before that just a 2-1 defeat to Falkirk they though have Partick Thistle away, that's a tough tie
4: It is a tough tie, uh, but um, you know, as Andrew says it's so tight in that championship uh, in League One rather, that uh, you wouldn't put it past Jim McAnally to, and his side to go down there and get something yeah. from I think if, if they got a point they'd probably be reasonably happy with that to bring it back up the road yeah
1: I, you, you could see it though to be honest uh, let's look at the Highland League then Andrew what's happening we had some uh, cup ties last week and a couple more this weekend
3: yeah because of postponements uh, for Martin United and Turf, we'll we'll try again at North Lodge Park tomorrow the winner of that away to Haddington Athletic in the first round proper of the Scottish Cup and Wick Academy play Musselburgh Athletic, the winner of that game. The salubrious tie away to Cowden Beath on Boxing Day. Um, in the Highland League, uh, it's Clark against Inverurie Locos, Devon vale against Keith. Fort William have given up ground rights. They're going to go to Dudgeon Park to play Barora Rangers. Don't think it'll make any real difference to the, the outcome of that game. Lossiemouth play Huntley, Nairn County against Fraserbrough, and possibly the game of the day. Uh, Rothes against Bucky Thistle. Junior football, Dave.
4: Yeah, and hopefully there's not been quite the same rain as we've had for the last couple of weeks. Um, Nice. So we'll get a full card, maybe. In the League Cup in the Aberdeen section, Section 1, Hermes are five points clear and they can extend that or consolidate their position with a win at home to Stonehaven. In Section 2, Banksidee can clinch the section with a victory at... Henry Fold against Sunnybank game of the date for me is in section 3 where Bridge of Don are up against Cooter at Aberdeen Sports Village and in section 4 leaders Dice they entertain bank St Ternan
1: back to the Dons then Andrew you mentioned there that the teams around the Dons Hibs they've got a fairly tough run in December of games Rangers they've got quite a tough Celtic of course they've got the distraction of the Scottish Cup and Aberdeen well four certainly difficult games Calmarnock Motherwell and then home to St Johnston then away to Livingston so Certainly not easy, but you look at those and you would all you uh, for me you would prefer Aberdeen's fixtures.
3: I think you probably would. I mean, after this weekend uh, on Wednesday night it's Hibs against St Mirren at Easter Road, and we've talked ad nauseum about how well St Mirren uh, are playing at the moment. That won't be easy. And then uh, on Boxing Day it's Rangers at Ibrox for uh, Jack Ross's team, but. We're not interested in what Hibs are doing. We're more interested in what Aberdeen do. And it was good to see... the the manager talking up the chances of Scott Wright being fit again albeit for the 2nd of, of January but it will give a, a lift to everybody uh, if they know that Scott's going to be back in in the squad uh, we will miss Ross McCrory uh, against St Johnston on Boxing Day because of the suspension he picked up after getting his sixth booking of the season uh, against Ross County last week but having Lewis Ferguson back and as Graham Watt mentioned Dean Campbell played really well last week. Um, we saw Dean struggle a wee bit. Uh, he'd be the first to admit it against Ross County in the, the League Cup tie. Left out of the team for the league game at uh, the Smeesa Stadium or whatever it is they call <laughs> themselves now. But bounced back really well against Ross County. Uh, so if Ross McCrory's out, Dean can step in. It'll be interesting to see on Sunday Will McCrory, Ferguson and Campbell all feature in that game? Mm -hmm. Or will it be two out of the three? It's nice for the manager to have these selection headaches. Unfortunately, Dylan McGeoch has suffered a wee bit of a setback um, and is unlikely to, to feature in the next three games probably maybe he might be fit for the last one Uh, but because it's on an artificial surface down at uh, the Tony Macaroni I think we're not going to see Dylan back before the the end of the year but um, uh, if we can keep injury free elsewhere and as I say get a consistency of performance going then no reason to see they think Aberdeen can't pick up 12 out of 12 and really set themselves up for a big push in 2021.
1: Normally, at this time of year, Dave, final show for Red Friday in 2020, we'd be doing a year review and looking back at the best moments of the year. We're scrapping that this year. Yeah, I but why why. Uh, but having said that, four games to go. And I tell you what would be a good review of the year is if the Dons can win all four games and go into 2021 on a high.
4: Yeah, and, and also uh, when young Kieran Nguéña came on... Mm, Late yes. on, I mean, he made an impact. He certainly easy. made an impact, and he had to get that challenge exactly spot on, or he'd have been uh, off. <laughs> it would have been a very short <laughs> but, moment. Uh, yeah, so I think that's it. Twelve out of twelve is the uh, is the target, but we're only
1: taking one game at a time. Yeah, one game at a time is what Derek McInnes says. But he will be looking. At, there's no, he's human. Uh, there's no way, Andrew, he's not looking at those fixtures and going. Yeah, 12 points is what we need from this.
3: Absolutely. I mean, they, they, they break the, the the season into segments and he'll have a, a points tally in his head for hitting uh, come the end of the year. So yeah. let's hope we can get there.
1: Yeah, it is a huge game for the Dons, as it always is. It's Kilmarnock against Aberdeen Rugby Park, 12 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. We will have more build-up to that and much more, plus the latest from Cove and uh, Peterhead, who are away to Partick Thistle tomorrow on Red Saturday, right here on North Sound 1. Myself, and shuttle from two o'clock.
0: It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Don's. North Sound One, Red Friday.